This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. And this morning I'm speaking on our sacrifices of thanksgiving. And so if you would take your Bibles and turn with me today to Psalms chapter 107. Psalms chapter 107. I'm going to read for you verses 21 and 22. And the scripture says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. And so again this morning, I'm speaking on our sacrifices of thanksgiving. Many times during the day, throughout the course of the day, the afternoon or the evening, I hope you find yourself perhaps whispering or speaking out loud, thinking to yourself with the spirit of gratitude and you're saying, thank you, Lord, for something. Whether it be something that starts out your day whether it's something that you experience in the afternoon or maybe something that takes you on a journey in the evening. Maybe something happens in the day when you stop and say, thank you, Lord. I find myself doing that all the time. I think God's people ought to be in a habit of that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think if we're saved, if we're born again, we certainly need to thank God, I think, daily for the salvation of our soul. This is important, and some of you that have been saved for quite some time here, you know some of the truths that I'm going to speak on this morning. Maybe somebody's listening for the very first time today. I don't know if that's the case. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in again. But the truth that I want to share with you today is this, that none of us were born a Christian. None of us were born saved. I have in recent days talked to people who had a completely different perspective on that. You did not come into this world as a Christian. In fact, the scripture says this in Psalms 51 verse 5, and that scripture is not on your bulletin. I want to encourage you to include it today. But the word says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So we were not born into this world on our way to heaven. The truth of the matter is we were born into this world on our road to hell. But somewhere along the line, if you know Jesus as your Savior, think just for a minute when that occurred. Maybe you cannot quote a day. Maybe you cannot be specific with a date. You cannot be specific with a time. But you clearly remember the day when you asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and to be your personal Savior. If you haven't done that, friend, don't think for one moment that just because you love God, that you're going to heaven. You have to invite him into your heart. You have to be saved. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. You must be born again. So take some time 
a lot of our thoughts and our thinking right now are on Thanksgiving. And as we're focused about that, and as I mentioned a few moments ago, maybe you're going to be traveling. Maybe somebody's coming to your home. I don't know what your plans are. But we will assemble ourselves somewhere at a table this coming Thursday. And I pray that you give the Lord some reverence, some time, and that you become voiceful with your appreciation, your gratitude, and your thanks to him for his unspeakable gift. Every one of us that know the Lord. Brother David just led us in a song a few moments ago, I know whom I have believed. And my question is, do you have that confidence? Do you have that assurance? Do you know for sure that you're born again? And if you are, every born-again believer ought to take some time every day to thank God for the salvation of their soul. Perhaps you've learned some valuable lessons in 2021 that you wouldn't trade for anything in the world. As you reflect on the year that's gone by, take some time to thank God for the lessons you've learned. Maybe you can spend some time to thank God on a particular need that you had. And you had made your petitions known to God repetitiously and you didn't know when the answer would come. But somehow this year, God has met a need for you that you've been praying about for a long time. Give God some gratitude and appreciation for that. Take some time to give God praise for answers to prayer. Spend some time thanking him for your health because we all know that in the blink of an eye, our health could change dramatically change. Thank him for the home that you live in. Thank him for the friends that he has surrounded you with. Thank him for the family that you have. Thank him for the word that you hold in your lap this morning. Thank God for the peace that he gave you in a troubled night. Think about this just for a moment. The best way that we can demonstrate our gratitude to God is indeed to offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And there's a scripture that I want you to look at. We'll look at several of them for the next few moments as we have time to spend together today. But I want you to see something in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 5. The scripture says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And that's what we're talking about this morning, our sacrifices of thanksgiving. As I've studied the word and I have prepared this message today, I came across five spiritual sacrifices that we can offer God this week and the rest of our life unto the Lord. I want to give them to you briefly this morning. The first one is the sacrifice that's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Of course, this is a classic verse of Scripture written by the Apostle Paul, but in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the Scripture says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But back in verse number one, it says that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, and that's number one on your bulletin today, a living sacrifice. That's the offering of ourselves unto the Lord. When you stop just for a moment and think about how he gave himself for us, we need to respond to that and how we give ourselves to him. Think just for a moment what he gave, what he did for you and me. He gave his hands to the cross. He gave his feet to the cross. He gave his side to a Roman spear. He gave his head to a crown of thorns. He gave his blood to the dirt of the ground that it would provide salvation for the world for everyone who would believe and call upon his name. He gave his mother back to the disciples and he cried with a loud voice, it is finished, and he gave his spirit back to God. When you think about that, he gave everything he had. The totality of himself, the character and the love of God, God's own precious blood, he gave everything he had for you and I that we could have eternal life and a home in heaven. And so let me encourage you to offer the sacrifice of yourself because he gave himself to us. Somebody may say, well, preacher, how can I give myself to God? Well, first of all, dedicate yourself to the Lord. There's an Old Testament story that I love to refer to from time to time, and it's about Hannah in the scripture. You know the story, most of you do, that she was barren and she wanted a child and she prayed and prayed and prayed. And finally, God said, yes, you're going to conceive and you're going to bear a son. She said, God, if you give me a son, if you give me a child, I'm going to give him right back to you. I'm going to dedicate him to you. And surely, when Samuel was born, Hannah fulfilled her vow to God. And by the way, the scripture says this, it's better not make a vow to God than to make one and break it. She made the vow to God. I promise that I'm going to dedicate him and I want him to be raised in your honor. She took him to the priest and the priest raised him in the admonition of God's love. So how do you give yourself to God? Dedicate yourself to him. Number two, live for him by honoring his word. There's a lot of things in this book that we may never understand on this side of death. But whatever God says, it's like when Jesus was at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. And you remember when they ran out of wine and they were all going in a frenzy? And Mary said, whatever he says to you, do it. Live for him by honoring his word. Whatever his word says, do it. Number three in that category would be this, to serve him. Find a place of service. We talked a little bit about that last week. Not all of us can do the same thing, but we can all do something. Do you remember the words in an old song we sing from time to time at the cross? The grand old phrase goes like this, Here, Lord, I give myself to you. Tis all that I can do. And so... When you understand this thing about giving yourself, the sacrifice of yourself to the Lord, 
when we get to this place, then we're learning how to make commitments to him. A lot of people say, well, Pastor, I just don't want to make a commitment to the Lord. I don't want to get that spiritual. I don't want to get that fanatical with this thing. I, I just don't want to cross that line. I don't want to obligate myself. I've got too much going on in my world, and I don't have time to make commitments of myself to God. But let me assure you of something. That's one of the reasons why the church struggles from time to time finding workers. Because we can overcommit ourselves and I understand the, the hectic world that we live in today and some of us it demands that we work two jobs, sometimes three jobs. And I know we have such a big, big plate with a lot of things on that plate. But I want to encourage you today, never get too busy for God. Don't over-schedule your life to where you're trying to just squeeze him in a little bit on a Sunday morning or a few moments on a Wednesday night. People make those kinds of excuses all the time why they don't want to make commitments to the Lord. I just don't want to obligate myself. But the greatest sacrifice that we can offer the Lord is the sacrifice of ourself. Secondly, number two this morning, we can offer the sacrifice of praise. And I want to reiterate a scripture that I shared with you last Sunday, and I want to share an important truth about this. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15, the word says this, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. And I mentioned this from time to time. If you are adjusted to writing in your Bible, you make notes, you underline something, you highlight something, underline this word continually because I want to teach you a spiritual truth with this one word this morning. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continuously uh, that is the fruit, look at this, of our lips giving thanks to his name. Underline the sacrifice of praise because that's the fruit of our lips. And when you look at this word continually, I believe when we understand the full meaning of this verse, it changes our perspective a little bit about coming to church. Let me share this with you. And this, you have to put your thinking cap on just for a moment. But you need to understand that you do not come to church to praise the Lord. You might say, oh, yes, we do, preacher. Yes, yes, we come to church to do that. I get what you're saying and I get what you mean. But I think if we understand verse number 15 correctly, it will adjust our thinking just a little bit. Because, see, you don't come to church to praise God. You come to church to continue to praise God. Can somebody say amen? You come to church to continue to praise the Lord. I mean, your praise, listen very carefully, it should not begin when you walk in the church doors. Your praise should not begin when you sit in the pews. Hebrews 13, 15, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Our praise should not start here. It should not begin here, but our praise should continue when we get here. I mean, we should be praising God when our feet hit the floor. We should be praising God. Listen, if he's worthy to be praised on Sunday, he's worthy to be praised on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So we don't start it here. We don't come to praise. We come to continue our praise. 
Oh, my goodness. Boy, the devil don't like that. If he can get you praising God six other days of the week, he certainly has his hands full, that's for sure. Psalms 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Number three this morning, the sacrifice of our prayer. In Psalms 141, verse number two, and this is going to be a little deep for some, and I get that. And so if this goes over your head for the next five minutes, uh, bear with me. I've got two other points that you might get fairly quickly. But I, I, I realize that I'm going to lose somebody with point number three. And I want to try to do it justice, and I hope that you'll stay with me, stay focused. It's sacrifice of our prayer. Psalms 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee, look at this word, as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Look at that carefully. That's an interesting word, the word incense. Keep this word in mind. And look with me in Revelation chapter 5, verse number 8. Now, again, this is going, this is going to get deep for some, and I get that. But, but it's good, and I want to mention it. Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 8, the word says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors. We just read about the incense. Odors. Look at this, which are the prayers of the saints. This scripture tells us that the prayers of the saints is like odors or incense. And let me give you a little background here. This is where you got to really pay attention because in the Old Testament, the Jews worshiped in the tabernacle. And if you were to walk in the front door of the tabernacle, you would approach what was called the outer court. And there you would find the great altar made of brass, which was known as the brazen altar. There was fire on that altar. And this is important because the Bible teaches us that the fire that was on the altar was kindled out of heaven, in heaven by God himself. And so you see, the high priest, he was not the one who struck the match and lit the fire. The fire was kindled in heaven. It was a holy fire that God himself had lit. Now, if you were to come in the tabernacle, you would find the animals. You would find uh, those animals on the altar of the sacrifice being burned and consumed. And by the way, that's a picture of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. The fire on the altar was a picture of God's wrath towards sin. As you would walk around in the tabernacle, on one side you would see a beautiful candelabra, and on the other side you would see what was called the table of showbread. Now the golden altar is standing right in front or sitting right in front of the curtain. Now, I, now please, I get this. This is not something we talk about every Sunday, and I realize that uh, some of you are not even familiar with it, so bear with me just for a moment. But behind the curtain was the Holy of Holies. The golden altar was the altar of incense. Remember, we just read that word incense. And now in Revelation, the word says this, 
that our prayers are like the odors that come up, the fragrance of the incense that come up to God. Every morning, the priest would come in and he would trim the lamps and would offer the incense upon the altar. The fire on the golden altar was kindled again now by the fire from the brazen altar. This is very important. The priest had to make sure that the fire that was on the altar was the fire that was kindled from heaven. He would then offer the incense to God. Now, if the fire went out and somebody came in and said, oh, the fire's out and struck a match and got the fire going again, listen, the Bible says that God called it strange fire and that it would be swift judgment upon that act. Now, I realize I may have lost a few, but stay with me. Try to stay with this. When we pray, because again, the word, we just saw the word incense. Our prayers are likened to incense that goes up to God. Our prayers, look at this, and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. When we pray, our goal, it should be our heart's desire that when we pray, we want to pray in such a way that our prayers get into the holy of holies. That's, that's where we want to pray. That's where we want to arrive. But listen, that's, that's where the Shekinah glory is. That's the place where we have real communion with God. I mean, when we're really, truly praying. But you cannot come into the Holy of Holies unless you have come by the altar of prayer. That's just the way that it is. God said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. And the way we get to him we, it's through prayer. The prayer that we offer to God cannot be accepted unless we're praying in the right realm and in the right way. For example, in the book of James, and we studied that for nearly two years, the Bible says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. God's word also says, I will not hear thee if thou regardest iniquity in your heart. So if, if we're praying with the wrong motivation, our prayers are not going to get into the holy of holies. God's going to reject them. You pray and ask amiss. You don't get what you're praying for because you are consuming it upon your own lust. You pray and God's not going to listen to that prayer. I will not regard thee. I will not hear thee if you hold or retain iniquity in your heart. So we have got to learn something. Prayer is the greatest resource that we have on this planet. And we need to understand the powerful blessing that is adorned with prayer. We have the privilege. The word says, let us come boldly into the throne of grace. We have the invitation to come to the Holy of Holies, but we have got to do it in the right way, in the right motivation. You see, the incense in the scripture with strange fire, according to the word, it was judged. Incense with no fire was useless, but holy praying, I'm talking about kindled in the right way, kindled by God in heaven, the word says avails much. In fact, 
The scripture says in James 5, 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's what we want when we pray. Do we not want our prayers to avail much? Do we not want our prayers to get through? Do we not want our prayers to be accepted by God and not rejected by him? You think about this just for a moment. God said, I will not hear thee if thou regardest iniquity in your heart. Our prayer life is incredibly important. And so I believe we need to learn how to offer the sacrifice of prayer. Number four, quickly, is the sacrifice of our possessions. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, the word says this, but to do good and to communicate. I've underlined that word communicate in my Bible. Actually, I have it highlighted, and I would encourage you to make a footnote of it as well. It says, forget not. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I want to look at this word communicate just for a minute because in the Greek it has four different types of meanings. It means to distribute. It means to share. It means to be generous. And it means to have a liberal spirit. And I'm not talking about liberal politics. I'm talking about a liberal spirit. That's another sermon. It does not simply mean talk with people. But it means this. It means that whatever God has blessed you with, learn how to share it with others. Pass it on. I've said it like this many ways. Many times before, but get this meaning. This thing about the gospel, this thing about being saved, being born again, knowing that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. Listen, this thing about the gospel, it comes down to this. When it's in reflection of you and I, it's like one beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread. One beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread. That's what we need to do. Whatever God has blessed us with in the Christian life, listen, you've got a testimony. Some of you may share that testimony tonight. I know the testimony of some of you. And tonight we're going to have the opportunity to stand and share those testimonies, share those those sentiments that you have in your heart. Pass them on to somebody. Don't just keep the goodness of God, the bountiful blessings of God stored up in your heart. I mean, let it flow. Take some time to re rehearse that this evening. The word of God says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Learn to pass on what God has blessed you with and what he has prospered you with. And then number five, let me mention this for you, and our musicians will come. Let us learn how to give the sacrifice of our broken and contrite spirit. This one is probably the most significant of everything we've said this morning. Let us learn how to sacrifice of our broken and contrite spirit. In Psalms chapter 51 this is a beautiful story with this, but in verse 17, the scripture says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, 
a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. Some of you may be familiar with the background of this psalm. David had committed some terrible sins. This psalm was written right after that. And it goes on to express how not only did David commit some big sins, but he repented even in a bigger way. The psalm was an agonizing cry to God for forgiveness. David is saying that the only thing that we can offer God whenever we have veered off the path, whenever the power of sin has taken dominion over our life momentarily, David is saying this, that the biggest thing that you have to offer God, the best thing that you have is a broken and contrite spirit the sacrifice of repentance. Because here's the thing. Whenever we get to those places in our life in the scripture, so true, for it is written, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The scripture says there's none righteous, no, not one. And so we're all going to be sinners until we receive a glorified body. So in the brokenness in the shambles of our life. Listen, God is not looking for excuses. God, you know, it's, God's not looking for us to say, well, you know what, Lord, I was doing pretty good till I got myself associated with this person. I was doing pretty good till I veered off and I got involved in this. God's not looking for excuses. He's not looking for us to rationalize things. But the best thing that we can offer God when we get off of the path if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The best thing David is saying that we can offer God is repentance because repentance is the doorway to freedom. Offer God true repentance. This Thanksgiving, listen, ask God to give you the consecration of purity. As we offer God the sacrifices of thanksgiving this year, again, let us include the sacrifice of ourselves. Let us include the sacrifice of prayer. Let us include the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of our possessions, and the sacrifice of a pure life. And then we can say, Lord, with a heart of gratitude, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.